0: That's ljsinnercircle.com, or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. This is Learn Jazz Standards Podcast, episode 81. Welcome to the LJS Podcast, where you get weekly jazz tips, interviews, stories, and advice for becoming a better jazz musician. And now your host, he's a jazz musician, author, and entrepreneur, Brent Bartstra. Alright, what's up everybody? My name is Brent. I am the jazz musician behind the website LearnJazzStandards.com, which is a blog and a podcast all geared towards helping you become a better Jazz musician, and welcome to another episode of the LGS Podcast. I'm super excited you're here to hang out with me. I really appreciate it Uh, for all those listening for the first time. Special warm welcome, and and, and a special thank you to those of you who listen to the show week after week, our regular listeners. You're the ones that make this thing happen, and I, I really appreciate you coming in and listening all the time. And now, here on the LGS Podcast, we are wrapping up ear training month today. Okay, this is the last episode. We've had a great month all about your training. Our first episode of the month was uh, learning how to memorize and recognize and sing and hear intervals. Second was chords and how to recognize those. And then last week was chord progressions on episode 80. And today we're going to be talking all about how to translate what you hear to your instrument, how to take those ideas that you can hear in your head and and, and be able to use them in your improvisation almost instantaneously. So I'm really excited to talk all about that today. Now, Ear Training Month has been leading up to our brand new ear training course called How to Play What You Hear, and we're going to be launching that, I'm really excited to announce, on October 5th, Thursday, October 5th. Fifth, and, and for those of you listening in the future, that's 2017. So I'm really excited about that. And right now we have an early group of students going through this course right now and I'm just getting feedback from them. And honestly, I'm just blown away by the positive feedback I've been getting about how many students are just telling me Uh, How much of a change this is. And this course is all about walking you through uh, these, what I call the four steps to playing what you hear, which are essentially the concepts that we've been talking about in Ear Training Month, but kind of dug into way further and uh, lots of quizzes uh, that really help you actually do the training side of ear training. So I'm really excited about this course. It's going to be launching on October fifth but before then I do have some awesome freebies that I want to give away uh, regardless of whether you take the course or not. Um, and so if you're interested in this course in general, I want you to go to how to play what you hear dot com and sign up there uh, a little sooner leading up to the launch. I'm going to be sending some great freebies, a little video lesson series that has uh, kind of covers what we've covered in ear training month but a little bit more consolidated and also uh, an ultimate ear training blueprint a little handout that can be really helpful. So, be sure to go to howtoplaywithyouhere.com and sign up to be on the list there. Okay, now without further ado, let's jump into today's show. So far in Ear Training Month, we have been talking about the fundamentals of ear training and how important those are. Okay, the fundamentals of ear training, which are learning intervals, being able to hear chords, being able to hear chord progressions. Those are the ones that I consider the fundamentals of ear training. And 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 ear training being so important to us as jazz improvisers specifically, but in general, musicians, right? I mean, it really builds up all these skills. And every single time I pull my audience on social media and ask them, how do you how important do you think ear training is? I always get stuff that's way over the one to 10 scale that I ask them for. I get like 1,000, 1 million, stuff like this, because everybody understands and agrees that ear training is important. And, and, and I don't need to, I think if you're listening right now, I don't need to preach to you how important your training is. I think you know how important it is. The real key is how to go about it in an organized way that actually produces results, right? And that's what we've been talking about during your training month. So, so far, we've talked about intervals, chords, and chord progressions, but there's a missing piece, okay? There's a missing piece to my four-step process here, and that is actually translating what you hear to your instrument. So the first three steps, the intervals, chords, and chord progressions, technically had nothing to do with playing your instrument. You could do all that stuff and train yourself, do all that stuff without touching your instrument, except for maybe if you needed to quiz yourself on some of that stuff. But step number four is all about developing that relationship. Because when it comes down to it, we need to be hearing the music that and understanding the music that we're hearing, right? But we need to be able to connect that with our instrument. So I want you to think for a second. This is the case for many beginner musicians. On one side, you have the instrument, and on the other side, you have your ear, okay? And they're not connected, right? They're separate entities. You have your instrument and your ear. And on on the instrument side, there's all these things that you need to work on to be able to play it well, right? You got to know your scales. You got to know how to navigate it. You have to know how to, uh, you know, what fingerings to use if you're a saxophone player or something like that, or or a guitar player, or piano player, whatever instrument you play. You have things specific to your instrument that you need to get down. Now, on your ear side, you have to train your ear how to hear things, uh, how to react quickly to things, right? And that's all that stuff that we've been going over. But the big missing piece is connecting those two. And, And a lot, I want you to think about these two things as circles for a second. On one side you got the instrument and it's a big circle. And on the other side you got the ear, it's a big circle. Now imagine just a tiny little dot you know, a little like, you know, dotted line connecting these two. And that's the connection that a lot of musicians have. It's kind of a weak connection. You know, it's there, the connection exists, but it's not strong enough. And if you listen to any of the best jazz improvisers or even the best musicians in general, it almost seems as if their instrument is an extension of who they are, right? Their instrument isn't something that they're playing. Their instrument is just them, right? It's like almost connected to them. I mean, obviously it's a physical piece of matter that they're using to create music, but that's exactly all it is. It's just a vessel for them to express themselves. There's really no uh, separation between their ear and their instrument. So now imagine those two circles just actually becoming one big circle and the instrument and the ear are there. And that is what we're going for, my friends. And this is a lifetime thing that we're going for. I mean, that is my goal always as a musician is to make my instrument and my ear stronger to separately, but really stronger as a unit. And so that's what we need to train ourselves to do, to translate what we're hearing in our head to our instrument. So I'd like to go over several different ways we can do that, but I am going to hone in on one specifically today. You'll hear what that one is in just a second. But the very first thing that I think that we can do is something that I've preached many, many times on this podcast. So I'm probably just you know hammering you over the head with this if you've been listening to this podcast for a while. But that's okay because I really believe uh, that hearing messages over and over again can really influence the way we react and the way we behave. Um, so as long as that's a positive message, right, that's a great thing. So the first thing I wanna talk about is just simply learning licks and solos by ear. You've heard me say this before. But I'm going to talk more about the side. I normally, when I talk about this, I'm talking mostly about learning jazz language, right? I'm talking about developing a repertoire of of how the language works. But really today, I want to talk about the side of it that has to do with developing your ear. Because truly, when you're sitting down with a recording... Uh, No sheet music involved. Okay, I'm talking about all by ear. We're not talking about taking out the Omni book and learning Charlie Parker solos. We're not talking about uh, printing, finding transcriptions online. We're talking about you sit down with a recording that you like and you start learning licks from that recording or or maybe even entire solos. And so the process is, you know, the best process is, of course, you can basically sing it, right, already. We already talked about the power of singing in ear training month. But the process is you're taking what you're hearing through each part of this solo. You know, you're stopping and you're starting and stopping the recording, and you're learning it on your instrument. And when you're doing that, you're developing this relationship between your ear and your instrument so that it can react faster and faster. Now, if if you've never done this before and you start doing it today, you'll find that it's a little bit, challenging that it's a little bit difficult and that's totally okay it should be difficult it should not be a hundred percent easy unless you're a real natural okay because you need to strengthen that muscle it's anything it's 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 like anything right you have to if you want to become a better writer you got to write a lot if you want to get big muscles you got to go to the gym a lot if you want to be able to run farther and faster you got to run a lot right otherwise the first couple weeks first couple times you do it it's going to be kind of tough so you're going to find that that would be the case. Now, for those of you who have been doing this for a long time, learning licks and solos by ear for just the purpose of learning jazz language, well, it's probably a little bit easier for you and you can do it a lot faster now. Like if you were to learn a new solo today, you, know, you start working on it and, it and it comes a lot more naturally to you, right? I mean, I'm, I'm saying the obvious here. The more you work on something, the faster and the easy easier it gets. But if we want to connect our ear to our instrument, that's exactly what we have to do okay so learning licks in solos by ear is a great way to connect them. And and I love this exercise too. I mean, the reason I preach it all the time is because it's killing two birds. It's killing more than two birds with one stone, but it's really doing a lot of things at once. You get to build up your jazz language, but you're also building up your ear. And again, your ear is your strongest asset that you can possibly have as an improviser. And I would argue as a musician in general. Um, So, you know, this is really important. Now, let me go over the second thing that I think can really help. Learning songs by ear. Again, this is another obvious one. I've talked about it many times uh, on this show. Our blog is called learnjazzstandards.com, right? I mean, that's how the blog originally started as a resource for learning jazz standards. Now it's way more than that. But I mean, that just goes to show you, it's important to learn tunes. They can teach us so much. But again, as I've talked before, I've talked about how Songs, learning jazz standards, or, or, or any song of any genre of music, it can help you learn and understand that music better, and it's a tool for you to improvise over that, right? But I want to talk about the hearing side of that, because when you're learning songs by ear, you're developing critical listening, right? You're developing critical listening. I talked about last week when you're learning chord progressions, how, how learning chord progressions by ear will help you learn songs by ear but that requires a lot, right? That requires that uh, you recognize them, but that you can figure them out using intervals from the start, at least. That also depends on if you can hear and recognize chords, which we talked about in episode 79, which means you have to train your ears to sing arpeggios. You have to train your ears to be able to recognize what does a sharp nine sound like on a dominant seventh chord? What does a minor 11 sound like? Like those kinds of things. That, I mean, so learning songs by ear really puts all of those skills together at once. You're having to learn a melody by ear, right? So an actual melodic line, but you're also having to learn chord progressions by ear. So, so it really is making a lot of parts of your brain tick, right? So you're really strengthening that ear to instrument relationship, right? We don't want them to be separate entities anymore. We want them to be one thing. So the second thing is to learn songs by ear such a powerful powerful practice that accomplishes so much more than just one thing now the one i really want to hone in on today and really spend a little extra time talking about is something that i've never talked about before on this podcast but i really think it's important and it is something in our in our how to play what you hear your your training course that we spend an entire module doing and that is melodic Dictation. Now, for those of you who aren't familiar with what melodic dictation is, melodic dictation is simply hearing short, small little melodies and playing them back as quickly as possible. And, and the way I like to describe melodic dictation often is sort of like the hearing version of sight reading, right? Let's talk about sight reading for a second. When you sight read something, you're just taking a piece of sheet music and you're reading through it just once and then moving on to the next one. Maybe you might work out a one or two parts, but the whole idea of it is that you don't want to be playing it over and over again. You're not supposed to memorize it. That's not even close to being the goal. The goal is trying to get your, your eyes and your brain and your instrument working together to read that notation as fast as possible. And it doesn't matter if there's mistakes. You just keep moving on to the next one, and that's how you become a better sight reader, right? That's the trick to it. Well, melodic dictation is the exact same thing. You hear a short little melody and you try to learn it as quickly as possible on your instrument. And yeah, you might play it a couple times just to try to get it. Maybe it was a little bit too long. You couldn't memorize it the whole way. But you just just try to play it as quickly as possible onto your instrument and then you move on to the next melody. And if you want, you can take it into another key or something like that because that also exercises a different part of, of your brain of like, you know translating that into a different key center and, and that has its own benefits but in general you just listen to it once or twice play it mistakes and all and move on to the next one and that's what melodic dictation is and what this does is is it just strengthens that connection more right it strengths like you know when you're learning a, a solo or a lick by ear the problem with that is that you're memorizing it I mean it's not a problem because you're learning jazz language right but as far as your ear goes, you're you're memorizing it. You're, the idea is to retain that information. And melodic dictation does not want you to retain that information. You don't want to do that. You want to just move on to the next one so that you're really only honing in on that connection between your ear and your instrument. So, I think a great way to do this. Now, I know a lot of people when they listen to this podcast they're on their car in the way to work, they're going to school, they're on the train, they're on the bus. <laughs> they're working out at the gym. So I know that for a lot of you listening right now, you might not be able to completely partake in this exercise, but I'm going to play some melodic dictation uh, samples from the course and feel free just to try this out. Uh, and you can just pause this podcast when you'd hear the melodies. I'm going to basically play a melody for you, a very short one. And then I want you to try to figure it out on your instrument as quickly as possible. And I'm going to play each one twice through so that you can hear it twice and then try to figure it out. Pause the recording and try to figure it out. So let's try this. It's, just, it's, it's really the best way for me to show you is just to have you actually do it. So you can come back to this podcast episode later, or if you're not, don't have your instrument in front of you, try just singing it instead. Uh, let's try this. Here's the first one. All right, one more time. All right, so the idea is that you pause this recording and try to play this melody, okay, from just hearing it those few times, okay? So try that out, and, but let's not waste any more time. Let's move on to the next one. Let's not linger. Here's the next one. Now, these kinds of melodies for melodic dictation are like my favorite to work on because, first of all, this one was very pattern-based, right? But my favorite part about it is that you thought it was going a certain direction and then it suddenly changed the direction completely, right? It kind of changed the register it was in and what note you started on. So, you really have to listen hard. So, in the spirit of that, let's try another one. You're going to recognize this melody, but it might take an unexpected turn. So that was obviously Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, right? It started out that way, but then it kind of, even though it still followed the same rhythmic structure, the notes started changing, getting a little bit darker, right? So That really trains your ears because your ear wants to go somewhere, but you're hearing something different. And then you got to figure that out on your instrument and how where that is, right? Otherwise, it could be quite a lot easier to figure it out on your instrument. Is simply by just playing "Twinkle Twinkle Little Star." I mean, you can you can hear that so well in your ear, but suddenly you're being thrown a little bit of a curveball, and that can really uh, challenge your ear a little bit. Now, let's do another one. We're on a roll here. All right, let's try one more. Now, this one's going to be a little bit tricky, all right? I'm going to really challenge you here, uh, but I think you're up for it. So let's listen to this one. Now, this particular melody, this is where actually knowing chords can be really helpful, right? And recognizing arpeggios, because really this example I just gave you was a lot of major triads just played in different keys and ascending and descending orders. So that can be a helpful tool, right? See how these fundamentals of ear training can really be important and helpful. They can really set you up for success. Okay, I think you get the point. I'm not going to go through more of these. Obviously, the idea is that you're doing tons of these over and over and over again, and that can really help you out, right? That that can really set you up for success. But I'm going to go over some ways that you can practice this at home just by yourself without having tracks played for you. So the first way, and probably the best way to do this, is just to get together with a friend and have him or her play short melodies for you. Try to play them back as quickly as possible with only hearing the melodies a few times each. So really just the same as what we just did now. Um, But of course, it's contingent upon you getting together with somebody else and practicing this together okay so that's the first way I would suggest doing it now the second way doesn't involve uh, another person that you have to interact with so this one is, is pretty simple just listen to a song and learn parts of it one phrase at a time and don't try to memorize it just learn the phrase as quickly as possible move on so you can do this with a solo I think actually probably doing it with a solo is probably the best way to do it is just start the solo from the beginning. Your agenda, again, is not to memorize it, not to lift it and, and learn it for the jazz language sake or whatever musical language sake. The idea is to you know, listen for the first phrase and try to figure that out as quickly as possible on your instrument, listening to it as few times as possible and then going through it. And technically, you could do this all day long, right? You could just like go through an entire album if you had that much time or motivation and just go through entire solos of entire albums and learn them by ear, not memorize them, but just go through them the same way as we've done these melodic dictation with these short melodies that I just showed you. So that's another great way to do it without having to get someone together uh, to help you with that stuff. So all of this can be achievable. I wanna really quickly just sum up ear training month here, because for me personally, this is a really important month. And again, not just because there's a course uh, that I wanna suggest to you on this, but because ear training to me is really important and my whole goal uh, with LearnJazzStandards.com on our blog and our podcast is to serve you guys, is to give you as much value as possible and help you become better jazz musicians. I mean, that's what drives me. That's what uh, makes me passionate. It makes me excited to wake up in the morning is is to do this stuff. I mean, that's, that's what I'm all about. Uh, and I really just feel like ear training is that big thing. It's that thing that can really make all the difference in our musicianship. And having this training, having these fundamentals of ear training under our, in our toolbox, you know, on our belt can really help us and be set up for success for all of these things. So we, we talked about intervals in episode 78. We talked about intervals and how if we can know what a major third ascending and descending sounds like, and not only that, if, we, if we're able to sing that starting with a reference note, we are going to be set up for success for hearing chords. And chords, of course, are just a combination of intervals. And if we can hear the quality of chords, and if we can sing the chord tones that we're hearing, and if we can sing the arpeggios of the chords and and recognize them, then we're going to be set up for success for hearing chord progressions. And ultimately, while the goal is just to simply hear chord progressions and recognize them immediately, we can also figure it out from scratch by knowing our intervals, by knowing the quality of chords, by being able to recognize those quality of chords. And that can set us up for success for hearing and learning songs by ear, which is a big part of of knowing how to play what you hear. That's something, a question I get all the time is, how do I learn songs by ear, right? Because I always say learn songs by ear, but then people ask me, well, I know how to do it with sheet music, but I don't know how to do it by ear. Well, this is the answer. I mean, exposure is the answer, but having these fundamentals down, that's the answer, it, it, is, is really a stepwise process, this four steps that I've been giving you over ear training month for actually accomplishing this. Uh, And then once we have all these fundamentals down, you know, then we can really be set up for success for building that connection between our ear and our instrument, which is what we talked about today. That's all about what we were focusing on. And the more we can do that, the more magic can happen when we get up onto the bandstand and start playing music with other people. Things can, I, I've played gigs, guys, where, you know, I've played gigs where it's like, okay, we we're showing up to the job and, you know, nothing special happened. We just did the job. We got got it done, got out of there. I've had other gigs where, with the same people, where magic happened, where like it was like, wow, we transcended what we thought we could do musically. Why? It wasn't because we had the best technique in the world. It wasn't because we knew a billion songs. It wasn't because of anything magical or special about us. It was because all of us at the same time had trained our ears and we were using it at that moment to listen to each other, to let things happen. And when that happens, when you get this connection between everybody and everybody's on the same page that way, I mean, some of the craziest musical moments have happened for me when that happens, where I'm just like, wow, I did not know I was capable of playing like that. And if you've ever had one of those moments, you know what I'm talking about. It's something where you're like, wow, that's why I play music. That's why I practice. That's why I spend all this time. And that's why I care because I want to feel that feeling again. And it's not just for you, right? It's for everybody else because the people listening to, you know, it happened too. I mean, they're listening. They're like, "Wow, I had a really great night." You know, that was awesome to hear that music. I mean, that's what music is. It's all about blessing other people, right? It's about bringing joy into other people's lives. That's what we do. What we do, right? And and bringing joy into your life too, because music brings us all a lot of joy. All right, enough of that sappy stuff. I really appreciate you guys tuning in for Ear Training Month, and I really hope that you take this stuff and and and, and put it into practice take it all into the next level to improve your playing. All right, that's all for today's episode. I want to thank you so much for listening today and for being a part of this and for hanging out with me. Really appreciate it. And by the way, you can check out all today's show notes at learnjazzstandards.com forward slash episode eight one now remember as well that if you're interested in our new year training course how to play what you hear that is coming out on October 5th that is uh, Thursday Thursday October 5th but I'd love for, to get you onto a waiting list and I'm going to be sending out some freebies for this course soon whether you take it or not and it is can be found at howtoplaywhatyouhear.com so you go to howtoplaywhatyouhear.com and sign up there and you'll be getting some goodies along the way and notification if that is what you would like. I'd love to see you in there uh, taking the course. I really appreciate it. Remember as well, if you got any value from today's podcast episode, we'd really appreciate you going to iTunes and leaving us a rating review. It helps other people find this podcast. Uh, And in general, we just uh, really appreciate that kind of feedback. All right. Now, next week, we are not doing ear training anymore. Uh, Some of you are going to breathe a sigh of relief. We're actually having a very special guest on because it's about time we have another guest on, and that is Christopher Sutton from MusicalU.com. Really excited for him to talk all about goal setting and how that can play such a huge part in our musicianship. All right. See you guys next time in episode 82.